This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Trader, trade, trader, Cobb Crypto Podcast. Podcast. This is the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Another great guest in Mike Kane, who is the co founder of Hydrogen with us today. It's going to be a pretty interesting conversation uh, as this is kind of a financial internet, so to speak, is sort of building out products in that space, which is obviously an area that we are seeing a lot of growth in the blockchain environment. So, Mike, thank you so much for being on the program with us today. I appreciate your time. No, thanks for having me. Um, Mike, quick question. I mean, do you want to just uh, explain, first of all, introduce yourself as to where you're from, what the project is, and um, yeah, that'll be a good start, I guess. No, absolutely. Um, so uh, I, have a, I have a very interesting backstory. Uh, I actually started my career in the hedge fund space. I worked at a company called Bridgewater, uh, which a lot of people know now. It's, it's a very large uh, hedge fund. Back then, it was kind of in the woods very secretive and no one knew who we were. Um, uh, but then uh, from there, I actually started a, another fintech, uh, financial technology app in 2009 called Hedgeable. Uh, we were one of the first consumer apps uh, in the investing market in the US and globally, uh, what's actually called now a robo-advisor uh, in, in most of the, the world. Um, so I started that in 2009. There's no infrastructure whatsoever to build a lot of applications, there's no APIs, there's really not, not a lot of help uh, to, to get products to market. Um, so we, we ran that company for uh, eight to nine years and uh, we really saw firsthand some of the, the problems in the market. And, and that's really what ha- kind of spurred us to start Hydrogen was we're like, well, in 2009, we had nothing. In 2018, we have all of these tools in our toolkit. We have APIs. We have you know, protocols, we have infrastructure to build on top of, and it's actually the opposite problem now. It's overwhelming to do everything. Uh, so what we do try to do for Hydrogen is, is uh, offer what we call the financial platform for the Web 3.0. Uh, so very simply, just a interconnected group of APIs that we deploy globally that allow you to build something like Hedgeable or something like Robinhood or Coinbase or Lemonade, or all these different kinds of financial applications. Uh, we allow you to build that very, very quickly on top of our infrastructure, and then to uh, deploy it and, and run it on an ongoing basis. Um, so you know, that has been going very, very well. We have you know, banks, insurance companies, tech companies, startups, scale-ups, uh, all around the world as, as partners and clients. Uh, but really what we saw as we were starting doing this was you know, the ecosystem was very centralized and there's a very you know, single point of failure for all these organizations, uh, especially here in the U.S. where we're based in New York. Uh, you know, Equifax is a good example. And the past summer, they had over 100 million customers get their information hacked and spread all, all around the web and the dark web. 
Um, and this is because they had a single point of failure. So what really we want to do going forward and where we see the, the market is decentralizing the financial ecosystem. Uh, and that's really why we, we launched our blockchain project about two months ago, uh, was to allow any financial developer, any application uh, to decentralize parts of their application. Uh, and they don't need to write any smart contracts or write any blockchain code. Uh, we've written all of the, uh, the elementary uh, kind of standardized smart contracts, and then they call these smart contracts through our same set of APIs. So what this allows you to do is extend any of these applications and add all the cool things from a public blockchain on top of them to decentralize uh, parts of it. Uh, so it adds security, it adds transparency, uh, and all kinds of things with GDPR, for instance, in Europe, there's just all kinds of applications uh, going forward for these more decentralized ecosystems. So is it kind of like, um, I know I'm going to try and simplify this. I, I try and simplify everything. Trust me, this space is complicated enough as it is. I try and break it down to be easy to understand. Um, it, it essentially sounds like you've got um, a platform where you can almost drag and drop uh, for the certain aspects that you need in the blockchain space. Is, is that more or less right? You try and make it very easy for onboarding financial services and clients? That, that's absolutely correct. Um, so two fundamental things we're trying to do is number one, uh, bring public blockchain to financial services. As you know, nearly all financial blockchain projects are private uh, and they're centralized. So things like R3, Hyperledger, uh, that uh, Linux and IBM uh, market, uh, they're really selling a kind of uh, centralized group of banks or e-commerce players that uh, deal with the, the, the nodes. Uh, so number one, we want to bring a public blockchain Number two, we want to allow you to use the public blockchain without needing to know anything at all about how the blockchain works, how to write code to the blockchain, how to write smart contracts. All you need to do is call an API, and every developer in the world at this point knows how to use an API. Um, so, those so are you're, really you're basically making it really easy for, yeah. I mean, sorry to interrupt, but you've got people like um, the bankers, right? Let's talk about bankers for a second. They are very good at what they're good at, all right? They're very good. I mean, if, if you recall what, even sort of what, uh, July, August, October, September, all that sort of period of last year, the, the bankers were coming out and saying how Bitcoin was a fraud, how blockchain was bad, blah, 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 blah. And, and they were sort of you know, squashing it. And people were saying to me, because I've, you know, I've been trading for a long time now and I, I do know how some of these people's minds work. They were sort of saying, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And my, my thoughts were pretty straightforward and very, very clear was, well, as soon as they work out how to make money from it, they're going to be all in. Um, and effectively, they did start to look at blockchain as opposed to Bitcoin and go, well, you know what? We should probably get on board this. Now, most of them don't do they're not doers. They're not creators. They're not um, people that build tech products. They tend to, and we spoke about this briefly before the interview, they tend to acquire talent by buying companies as opposed to training, learning, and, and having those people there on the team. Effectively, what Hydrogen is trying to do is allow them to participate without having to buy uh, the companies and, and, and so that they can sort of direct what they want and what they need, and you guys execute to their brief. Is, is that sort of along the right lines? That, that's correct. Um, so uh, if you think about it in terms of building a product, what we like to say is you know, too many people now are focused on building on the blockchain and not with the blockchain. Uh, so what we mean by that is 
you know, blockchain, we believe, especially in financial services, is really underlying some of the, the products and features. Uh, it, it isn't the feature itself, and that's really the mistake people are making and why they are hiring and buying you know, blockchain developers. They really you should be using these public ledgers, this decentralization within the application. So it, it, the end customer doesn't even see it. So I'll give you an example. We have a, an app. It'll be in the App Store uh, on Google and Apple in the next two weeks. Um, you can find it on our site and our blog. We have some videos uh, demoing it. It's essentially an authentication app. So what we're trying to do is build all of the core things you would need in financial services. The first thing, if you're going to have a financial ecosystem, you need to authenticate. You need to verify users, you know, logging in, paying, transacting. If you don't know who they are and you can't verify them, the whole ecosystem collapses. Um, so what we're trying to do is uh, add a decentralized layer to that. Instead of having a bank verify and authenticate someone, what if we could have millions of computers and millions of nodes verify them? So the end customer, when they're using our app, they view it like Google Authenticator or Authy or a text message. It's, it's just an authentication protocol. They type numbers into the app. They don't know that underlying that, you know, we're using a blockchain, it's immutable, it's tied to their phone and tied to their ID, um, and it's just much more secure than doing it through one of those more centralized means. So that's really what we're trying to do is allow um, companies to use these blockchain elements within products embedded in them uh, just by calling an API and the, and the, and the end customer or the end uh, user doesn't even know that they're using blockchain. And this is really what we think is the future of the space. Speaking of the, f the future of the space, Mike, you, you spoke of your background. Um, obviously, you've got a tech background. You've been in uh, in hedge funds. You've you got a financial savvy about yourself as well as a tech, tech savvy to bring these two things together. Uh, when I was in New York, I was speaking to a lot of people, obviously, um, and, and and the biggest thing that we were talking about was what's the hurdles right now in the marketplace? As, as we speak right now, Bitcoin has come off. Uh, the market has come off. I'm not too concerned about what the price is doing. I'm a trader. I trade direction, and I invest in the space. So I, I, I've you know, right now I have direction, it's down, and I have a lot of confidence in the space because I'm an investor in that space and I understand it. What do you see as being the hurdles um, for the space to continue to grow? And when I say grow, I mean, obviously right now, majority of the money in the space is kind of what I call mum and dad money. It's, it's little investors and that's why it's so emotional. That's why it's so, it fluctuates so extraordinarily and that's what the volatility is there. Um, but once that traditional investor money starts to come in uh, and the institutional money starts to come, I think we're going to see another wave come through. But what do you think is the whole though? What's preventing them at the moment? I, I think I know what it might be, but I want to get your point of view too, Mike. Yeah. So we think it's really simple. There's just not enough tangible, real products in the market. There's a lot of dreams. Uh, you know, we, we, what we, people call white papers, we call business plans. They're not really white yeah. papers. They're people right. putting into that, <laughs> something they're going to make. And a lot of it isn't feasible because we've run companies for 10 years, uh, we run tech companies, we scaled them. This company we're, we're scaling, we're running it like a business. So we view it like any other business. You don't promise things you can't make. Uh, and you only tell people about things you've already started working on. So if you look at, for instance, our site, we don't have a roadmap on our site. We tell you, here's our authentication app that we're working on. And here's why we think it's better. Uh, Etc. Uh, so there's just not enough real products. I think uh, it's just not a mature enough space 
to maybe bring in the institutional money because institutions are conservative, as you know. They don't just jump into things. They want to see real results, real products, real usage. Uh, I think over 90% of uh, new token offerings now, they, they don't really ever get a product to market. So that, that's a problem. And I think if that doesn't uh, turn around, uh, you know, you're going to see you know, the same kind of market we're in now. What I find fascinating, though, is I mean, as you just said, ninety percent of tokens don't actually, um, well, new tokens don't actually do anything effectively, right? But still, there's a sixty percent rate of failure. Now, that is pretty damn good odds. If ninety percent don't do anything, but only sixty percent are failing, that's better than going into normal entrepreneur business space, <laughs> where what ninety five percent of businesses fail in the first year. It's it's a funny. It's a funny world, and I think it's because the, um, the, the level of investors are not sophisticated. They're not even close to sophisticated in, in, a, in a large way, and we're trying to educate them and learn a lot more. But, I mean, one of the things that I see as a hurdle is how do we actually get institutional money to value uh, a token? That, that's something that I find difficult. I and mean, it's easy if they go and buy a company that um, – you know, in the tech space that may be involved in blockchain, like you know, like hydrogen, it's probably quite easy to go and value hydrogen because you've got clients, or you're about to get clients, or you, know, you you've actually got a, a a blueprint, not just a blueprint, but you you can actually show how you monetize your business, so therefore you can put a valuation on it. As you were saying, a lot of these tokens and a lot of these um, you know coins coming into the space. They're not doing anything right now, and they're almost sort of saying, "Look, we we want to put satellites on the blockchain, and, and a bunch of other people are going, yeah, that's a great idea." But traditional money is going, "What on earth are you smoking?" No, I, I think it's hard for them to absolutely. Anywhere. Yeah, I think the the real, I would say, dichotomy is you have you know utility, true utility ecosystems, and that's what we're building where there's staking and there's tokens moving back and forth to do different things uh, with real reasons behind them. Uh, but most of the uh, projects, you're really just investing in the company when you're, you're using the tokens. So I agree, if you're just investing, and, but then that is their business model, is the token going up in value. There is no other monetary, there's no way for them to monetize the company so as an investor, it's not worth anything if you're just investing in the company and there's no revenue model there. Um, so I think there needs to be more true ecosystems utility. It's very easy, actually, to value ecosystems. You know, uh, Alibaba is a good example. It's a huge ecosystem of e-commerce and payments and uh, different things. Uh, and it's all they all kind of feed off each other. Um, so there just needs to be more of that. Um, there's very few very few projects that do that. We, we just think it's going to take a little while for many of the initial, you know, bad actors and bad projects to be flushed out. But in the end, we're very true believers in product. People who build the best product, they may not be, you know, you may not see that the first six months, first year, first two years, but in the long term, firms like Netflix who were str struggling for a long time and Amazon, eventually they break through and, and they become you know, the industry players and industry killers. Yeah, I, th I think that's a really good point, mate. Um, from my point of view, and everyone who listens to the show will know that I, I, I strongly believe that most people look too much at the token economics or the tokenomics. Um, and it's because it's a new world and it's brought a new world of investors, new world of speculators into the space. So often it's, uh, you know, 
money that hasn't invested in equities or, or in other markets. So it's very, very new and they don't really know how to value a company because they've never done it before. But they look at tokenomics and they look up the certain influences in the space that are telling them this is the way to do it. Now, rightly or wrongly, they buy into that, and uh, and they. I think a lot of the marketplace is forgetting that you know without a real business, effectively you might have the token go up in value, but it's not going to stay there because it needs. There is no intrinsic value. I mean, Bitcoin has a value in the sense that it was a first in the space. It is something that we can use. Um, we can we can currently pay for things with something like Bitcoin, but. It's first mover advantage. You got a new token coming in. It's let's call it Bit, Bitcoin Mac Two. Um, why is that going to have value? Well, it, it's probably not. You know, they might come up with some announcement or someone might do a tweet and it might shoot up in value and then crash back down. But that's that's not a world of which institutional money is interested in, or traditional money uh, for that matter. And when I say traditional money, I mean you know people that are active investors in uh, in equities. Um, they're not so much involved in crypto just yet because it's just too much of a wild, wild west at the moment. Interesting, though, to see that there's some um, chatter about uh, the ICO space and trying to get rid of some of the mugs that are in there. It seems to be perceived negatively in the market, but I think it's a really positive move forward. And I think more news like this and more sort of clampdowns will help the space to get a bit of maturity Um Walk in the right direction and and help more institutional uh, money to come in. So, look back to hydrogen. And thanks thanks for that little uh, spin off about where we're at right now. But what's what's your end goal? Like, obviously, that you're doing a lot in the space right now. You've got a long way to go to achieve everything you want to. Where when is it? When do you get to a point, if ever, where you can kind of sit there and go, oh, "Wow, we we executed that. We, we just did that." What is that end vision? Yeah, it's a great question. So let me tie that into your last point as well. Um, so we have a, we have a real business. Um, so our other API sets are paid. So right now you pay those in, in dollars, um, and we have institution uh, large enterprises that use them and startups that use them. Um, so we have a real business, and we view blockchain as a a piece of the puzzle, not necessarily the whole puzzle. And that's really where we see the future and and how we think uh, we'll be successful, and other firms will be successful. Um, as you mentioned, building satellites on the, the blockchain, that, that, that's really not the end goal here. It's to basically do what we did in the dot-com uh, .com era, which was to integrate, you know, you call it e-commerce and everyone just put dot-com at the end. You know, the initial businesses that just threw up a white page and said, we're dot-com and now worth a billion dollars, they went away. It's, it's, it's those that use the, the, the value of economies of scale and digitization and the internet uh, at their disposal to have global companies or uh, things that could scale. Those are the ones that did well. So it's very similar to us in, in this ecosystem. For us to be successful, it's, it's just building a more decentralized uh, world where you know, we don't have individual governments and banks uh, and even startups uh, like Uber or WeWork here in, the, in New York, an example. They just have all this power. Uh, we have, you know, 2 billion unbanked people in the world. They're unbanked because, you know, no bank wants to service them. It's too costly. They lose money, um, et cetera, et cetera. They, they only, and this only gets worse over time. Um, so we think, you know, by uh, building a more decentralized global ecosystem interconnected with cloud infrastructure APIs, we could realistically help over a billion people on our platform alone. Uh, and some of those are currently banked and some are, are not banked at all and really get them access to better financial products. 
Um, so that's really what we see as the, the future is, is helping people through this new technology um, to not be as reliant on one or two parties or one or two banks in their particular country. And, you know, being able to, you know, use U.S. companies and use Australian companies for these different services and not think anything of it because it's a global kind of a decentralized economy. Yeah, you, you mentioned um, on about the dot com, which is it's kind of the perfect segue because at the end I always ask every single guest about you know the the similarities that are drawn between the dot com era and blockchain. Um, we can see similarities. Obviously, it's tech is exploding. It's it's something that anyone who's been in blockchain long enough kind of understands that yes, this could probably will and. I'm pretty certain it's going to sort of revolutionize the way we do a lot of things, maybe not everything, but a lot of things are going to change. And we're currently seeing that change. And as the space grows and matures, we are sort of seeing, as we just spoke of then, you know, just because you put blockchain in something doesn't mean it's worth anything. It, uh, it doesn't mean that at all. But we're going to see Amazons and we're going to see the Googles and we're going to see the Ebays. They're going to be coming through and we're seeing that at the moment. So on a direct comparison, obviously the internet's been around longer than 1993 to 2000 before it burst. But that was kind of the uptake period with blockchain and where we are right now in this space mike where do you think we are 1993 2000 or somewhere in the middle <laughs> uh, i would say 1993 uh, the way we pose it is uh, we had a meeting about this last week uh, i was around during uh, the dot-com era i was in high school i didn't realize it at the time the immense opportunity uh, that was was happening at the time but now looking back on it i do um, so I think we'll look back on this five years from now. People won't be saying we're a blockchain company anymore. Like, no one says we're a .com or, we're a, or we have a .com at the end of our name. You're not Amazon.com, you're Amazon. No one's going to have to talk about tokens. They're just going to assume that you have blockchain. If you don't have blockchain, it would be like not having a .com. How do you do e-commerce without um, Yeah, .com? without a website. That's, that's yeah. the way we view it. It's, it's going to become ubiquitous. And uh, people are going to look at you funny 10 years from now. Um, but so that's why I say we're probably earlier on uh, in, in it than, than other people might think, because there's not enough education about how this works for that to, to be the case yet. I absolutely love that answer, Mike. I absolutely love that answer. Out of all the people that I've spoken to, I think that's the best answer <laughs> as far as sort of wrapping up and, and, and sort of, I guess, bottling what, what I believe uh, and what I know that everybody else believes that I've spoken to because, you know, why would you be in the space if uh, if you didn't think it was going to work out, right? But um, you're quite right, you know, like I, I have a friend who's a personal trainer. I said, what's your website? I don't have one. It's like, what? <laughs> You don't yeah, have a website. And, and it, dollars, like, right? Or twenty dollars exactly. to beautiful website now. Couple of hours, you're done. But um, no, that's I think that's a really good analogy on that, mate. And look, Mike, I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being on the show. If people want to find out more about hydrogen yourself, what you're doing and everything that's going on all around Mike Kane, how would they do that? Yeah, so our website is hydrogenplatform.com and our Twitter is hydrogen API. Uh, you also can find us on Telegram and Reddit and all the usual channels as well. Excellent, Mike. Well, I appreciate your time immensely. Thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to uh, probably having you on again sometime down the track. I'm, I'm interested in hydrogen and what you're doing, and I wish you all the best of luck going forward. No, awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for your time. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out TraderCobb.com because experience matters.
This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not Trader Cobb or the audio presenter.